I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Today we're going to talk about the necessity of secret prayer in the life of the ministry leader. As I was preparing today, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, Margie, today you're going to be speaking to future leaders. And so that's going to be the focus of where we're going to be headed. We're going to go ahead and take our text from Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it says here, Now it came to pass that as he, speaking of Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now we're talking about the necessity of prayer in the life of the ministry leader. And before we get into that subject, I want to talk to you about what the Bible calls the fivefold ministry gifts. Well, I'm going to go ahead and begin reading here at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. It says here that, Therefore he says, when he, speaking of Jesus, ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. In other words, when Jesus was raised from the dead, He led captivity captive. He set people free from the prisons of hell. And he gave gifts unto men. Verse 9, now this he ascended. What does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? And that's another message. But verse 10 says, he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Now verse 11, it said in verse 8, that he gave gifts unto men. What were the gifts that he gave? And he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Now these are what we call the five-fold ministry gifts. And they each have a calling, they each have a specific function, and they each have a specific purpose. And they are the governmental ministries to the church. And they have been given to the church from the heart of Jesus. Now, why are they given? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. These gifts have been given to the body of Christ so that the body of Christ is equipped to do the work of the ministry. And basically the work of the ministry is that that we go out and be witnesses and soldiers for Jesus Christ. And, and God said in his word, I would that all men be saved. So these fivefold ministry gifts, these governmental anointings are given for the church, for the equipping of the saints. For what else? For the edifying of the body of Christ Verse 13, until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So here we see uh, more of the reasons for the purposes of these fivefold ministry gifts. They're given so that the church is equipped. They're given so that the church uh, is edified. And they're given so that the church 
it, uh, becomes a perfect man unto the fullness of Christ. In other words, so that the church becomes everything that God wants the church to be. Verse 14, here's another reason for the fivefold ministry gifts. So that we should be no longer children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. In other words, these fivefold ministry gifts, here's another purpose, they've been given so that in the body of Christ, we're no longer children tossed to and fro and carried about by every kind of teaching, so to speak. And so these ministry gifts have a function. They have a calling and they have a responsibility. And you cannot call yourself into this office or any of these five offices. Is it, it, is a divinely, it is a divine call from God. And God is the one that sets these ministry gifts into this place. I've been to Bible school, actually a couple of them, and I hear sometimes people say that they want to go into the ministry because it's a nice career uh, to be a part of. And basically, being in the ministry is not a career. It is, not, it is a calling. You are called by God. You are set apart by God for a purpose and for a work. He is the one that calls you. He is the one that anoints you. He is the one that puts his hand upon you and he, what, he sets you apart. Jeremiah, if you read the book of Jeremiah, chapter one, verse five, the Bible says to Jeremiah, before I ever formed you in the womb, God said to Jeremiah, I knew you. And in Jeremiah's case, he was ordained to be a prophet. Okay, so that calling came right from even before you were ever placed in your mother's womb. And there are many ministry gifts that are called into the earth today. And I believe that we're in a season where God is choosing men and women for a specific plan and a specific purpose. I believe there's many Esthers that are being raised up in the last days. Esthers who've been raised up for such a time as this, who, who have a word and season unto their generation. There's many Joshua's that God is raising up and they're gonna be bold and they're gonna be strong and they're gonna be courageous ministers of our God. And, and there's, there's many of these ministry gifts that God has planted in the, into the earth for such a time as this. And I believe that you are one of them. And you know it in your heart if you are, because you will never be satisfied unless you are fulfilling your purpose here on this earth and if you are called into the ministry and if God has set you apart for such a time as this you will never be satisfied with anything else other than fulfilling this divine call on your life and we see I've seen over and over throughout the years people as children acting out their calling for example when I was a little girl, I used to pretend that I was teaching people. I would line up the chairs and I would set things up and I'd put all my stuffed animals all in a row and I'd take that banana and I'd pretend I was singing to people and I'd pretend I was teaching people. The truth is something on the inside of me knew I was destined to be one of these fivefold ministries and I was acting out my destiny and acting out my calling 
even as a child. To some children, it's, it's more obvious than others. Others, if you have a call of God on your life, this calling has to be discovered. And the discovery comes through, first of all, being born again, but just spending time in prayer and spending time in the Word of God and studying the Bible. And I, then I've heard people say, well, if I'm called, well, then I'm scared. Well, you know what? You don't have to be scared because he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So if you have the call of God on your life to stand in one of these fivefold ministry gifts, God will equip you to do the work he has called you to do. And it may not be for now. It may be in the future. I discovered my calling when I was 19 years old. And to be honest with you, I actually discovered it by accident. I got born again and then I went to Bible school. You know, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered and established by God. I went to this Bible school and while I was at Bible school, first of all, I realized it was a Bible school for the fivefold ministry gifts to train ministers in their calling, which I didn't know when I went. And number two, while I was in Bible school, I learned that there was something in me that was working in me by the Holy Spirit and I realized I must have the call of God on my life. And it came through discovery. And those who God calls, he equips. And there came a time where God, where I was faithful to help people who were in ministry. I was cleaning houses for ministers and hung around ministers. And for some reason, God always put me around what I would call the heavy hitters of the kingdom in that day. And I was, I was serving them and I was helping them. I learned how to be a woman of integrity. I learned how to protect them. I learned uh, not to tell their secrets. I learned that they needed prayer. I learned that they were people just like you and I, but they had a calling and they had a gifting that caused them to be set apart and different. And so I was around the ministry, but there came a time where God said to me in 1981, I have called you, I have ordained you, you are, have been training and you've been preparing, you went to Bible school, and in 1981, he launched me into full-time ministry. So I just wanted to give that brief description of the fivefold ministry gifts and what they are. There is so much to know if you have the call of God on your life. If you have the call of God on your life, I would encourage you, Continue to do what you're doing. Continue to prepare in, 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 in the things that you need to prepare. In. But eventually, I would encourage you to find a good Bible school. Find, uh, if it's an online Bible school, or maybe God will call you like he did me to go to a Bible school. And find out who you are. Find out what ministry gift God has called you to. Not everyone's called to the fivefold ministry gift. But if you're called into the fivefold ministry gift, I can guarantee you there's something in you that's going to say, I really don't want to be this. Because basically what happens is, is when God has a call in your life, you're not one to want to be in front of people. You're not one who's, who's pushing for the limelight. Generally, you're somebody who's like, I mean, for me personally, I was like, I just want to sit back in the back of the church, mind my own business and just do my thing. And that's not what God said to me. He said, I've called you, I've ordained you, I put my hand on your life and I've raised you up for such a time as this. You know, and I learned in my own life that your greatest weakness can be your greatest strength. 
I was raised with five brothers. I was very quiet and very shy. And if you would look at me, I would shrink like a violet. I was easily intimidated. And when God called me into the fivefold ministry, you know, I just said to God, are you kidding me? You're calling me. You want me to do this. You know how I am. You know that I can't speak before people. You know that I get nervous. You know my personality. You know, I love people. I have a great heart of love for people, but I, I just can't believe that you would call me. And God spoke to me one day and he said, your greatest weakness will become your greatest strength. And I learned that. I learned that if I would, I learned that if I had a speaking engagement because I felt so weak, because I felt so inadequate, because I felt like I couldn't do it, God could take that weakness and take that, 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 that fear, so to speak, and he could channel it. And therefore, when I would stand up to speak and minister, instead of relying on my own strength, I would rely on Jesus Christ who strengthens me with might by his spirit in the inner man. And because of that inner yielding and that inner working, I learned how to flow in what we call the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so that weakness that I had that said, I can't do this and I'm scared and I can't speak and why would you call me? And then I'd get these speaking engagements. I realized that because I needed God and needed to rely on God and needed the anointing in God and needed to pray to be prepared, not just in the word, it caused me to have a flow of the spirit that some of my peers, I haven't seen them have, who have a lot more confidence than I do. So don't say that you can't go where I am sending you because you're going to go wherever I send you. And whatsoever I command you to speak, you will speak. And I hear the Holy Ghost saying, and be not afraid of their faces for I am with you to deliver you. And you know what? If God be for you, who can be against you? If God has called you and set you apart into the fivefold ministry, he is gonna perform his word and his will in your life. Your part is to say yes to the call of God. Your part is to say, not my will, your will be done in my life. Your part is to do what God told Timothy or Paul told Timothy. Your part is to study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. The scripture says rightly dividing the word of truth. That means your part is to study the Bible. Your part is to, is to, is to just make your devotional time a priority in your day. And your part is also going to be what we're going to talk about. Your part is also to pray and to seek God and get to know him for yourself. So many times I see, and I'm not being critical. I'm just going to be honest. I see ministers, they prepare to preach and they, they study to teach and they don't know God for themselves. As a traveling minister, I see a lot of things and I don't talk about what I see. I don't say anything about what I see, but in my heart, I take note. There are ministers that pray and there are ministers that don't pray. There are ministers that know God intimately and there are ministers that just don't know God. What we want is we want you as a leader and this is why we're equipping you. We want you to know God for yourself. We don't want as leaders just to talk about God. We want to know God for ourselves. 
We want to understand God for ourselves. So therefore, when we teach and when we minister, we're ministering out of our overflow. We're ministering from the place of the Holy of Holies. We're ministering from the place of the heart of God and the heartbeat of God. And we have his heart and we're not ministering out of our heads. We, I've had enough of people ministering out of their heads. God is looking for a people who will draw nigh unto him. And he said, and I'll draw nigh unto you and I'll give you whatever you need. But oftentimes what happens in leadership is people get lifted up in pride and people think they're all that. Well, we are what we are by one and only thing. And that is by the hand and the grace of almighty God. The Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. There's another scripture in Galatians that said, it's through the grace that's been given unto me that I am able to minister to you. So I just want to encourage you today. If you have the call of God on your life, don't be like Jonah who's running from the presence of God and afraid to speak for God, even if it's a word of correction to the church. Don't be like Jonah. Because I could tell you flat out and guarantee slam dunk. I could guarantee you, just like Jonah, you'll be put in that belly of the whale three days and three nights. But eventually that, that whale will spit you out and you will still fulfill the call and the destiny that God has for you. If you have the five-fold ministry call in your life, you will never be satisfied unless you fulfill that calling and that destiny. So I just want to encourage you, as Timothy said, Stir up the gift of God that's in you. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but he said, I've given you a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. And if I've called you, you are well able to go up and do what I've called you to do. If I've called you, then God will show you he can perform his word through our lives. Are you with me? I want you just to think about that for just a minute. And I want to say a few more things about the fivefold ministry gifts. Your calling goes in seasons and in phases. You don't start out at the top overnight. God will prepare you. God will train you. And God will do his work in you. Your part is to simply just yield to the callings. He'll take you step by step, day by day. But I guarantee you there's going to come a time where you're just going to have to just do what God has called you to do. And it's going to be a step of faith. So, Father, I thank you for any person that's listening to this teaching right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would apprehend them, that you would show them what it is that you have in store for them. Even if it's just a little nudge and a little knowing, I pray that you'd make it clear even in that little part, in that little knowing, in Jesus' name. And not only that, I believe that spiritual things are transferable. And Father, as I speak this word unto these that are listening, I pray that any good thing that's in me that I've received from your spirit and your presence, I pray would be imparted unto them in Jesus' name, because it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit. And I believe, Father, that you're doing a quick work and that you want these leaders to be like the book of Joel, the, the army in the book of Joel. You want them to be that exceeding great army. So, Father, 
I believe that as I speak these words, I believe that your spirit is going forth and going into their hearts and doing a quick work. I pray in Jesus' name. I pray that there would be an acceleration of the grace of God in their lives. I pray, Father God, that the gifts of the Spirit would be in operation and that they would live and move and have their being in the, in the genuine flow of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that it will be said of this generation like it was said of the early church. They that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. And so I also pray, Lord, for the person listening to this teaching, I pray that this person would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God and not be like Jonah and run from your presence. But I pray that this person would settle in and that their roots would go deep into the revelation of your heart and your love. And I pray that they would be an exceeding great army. I pray that they would be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. And I pray that they would bring forth fruit. I pray that they would hear your call and not despise your call. But be like when Isaiah, where they said, hear my Lord, send me. So I thank you that these words are piercing their hearts and you're speaking into the hearts and the lives of future leaders. And I thank you that they will be everything you've called them to be in Jesus name. Glory to God. So if you have a five-fold ministry call in your life, it's really, to be honest, it's a lot of fun when you make a decision that you're going to say yes to him. So we're talking about prayer in the life of the ministry leader. And we read a scripture out of Luke chapter 11 where the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. I want you to notice that the disciples didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach. Lord, teach us to prophesy. Lord, teach us how we can have healings and miracles in our ministry just like you have. They said, Lord, we've been watching you and we see that you're a leader and you're a teacher and you operate in, the, in these ministries. Lord, we see that you're different. We see that you're flowing. We see that you're ministering out of your overflow and never out of your reserve. And we notice that you have a habit of disappearing. You have a habit of going up into the wilderness and disappearing sometimes all night. We see that sometimes you, you get up early in the morning and we see that what you're doing is praying. And so they said, Lord, Teach us to pray. We want to be like you. You see, Jesus is our model example of a leader who was a man of prayer. And he was famous. He flowed in the gifts. All the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians uh, 13 and 14 flowed through him, except tongues and interpretation. And he flowed in the gifts. He flowed in miracles. He flowed in signs and wonders. He was a man of love. He was famous, like I said, but he still saw and knew his need for God. He still saw and knew his need for prayer. He didn't neglect his prayer life. He didn't neglect his devotional time with the Lord. You see, oftentimes in ministry, and I've seen it, we get so busy, we forsake him. The Bible says the fountain of living waters. And what happens is we become broken cisterns that can hold no water. A cistern is a type of uh, 
of container that holds water and that kind of container holds water that 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 gives water to a whole city and what happens is sometimes as leaders if we're not careful we're so busy doing the work of the ministry we forsake him our first love and we begin to operate on a reserve and we become what Jeremiah 2 says broken cisterns that can hold no water well Margie have you ever seen a minister or a leader that resembles a broken cistern yes I have absolutely have because they're they're so caught up into the work of the Lord they forget the Lord of the work it says in Revelations chapter 2 God said I've seen your works I know you love me but you but you have neglected your first love no it says I've seen your works but it says but you have left your first love it's so important as a ministry leader that you maintain your devotional time with God for yourself don't just study and pray to preach you need to study and pray to know God for yourself and God will open up the eyes of your heart he'll give you the messages that you need but just seek to know him for yourself so the disciples said to Jesus they said Lord teach us to pray I love that because they didn't say I'm gonna say it again teach us to preach teach us to operate in the gifts teach us how to do all that they said Lord teach us to pray I love to pray as a matter of fact for me it was always easier for me to be a woman of prayer than it was for me to be a woman of a lot of study and so I was always a person of a lot of prayer and a lot of prayer 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 I love to pray and God had to balance me out he said to me if you're gonna be effective for me in my kingdom you can't just be a woman of prayer you've got to be a woman of my word who studies my word but God I went to Bible school there is more that God wants to reveal to you and I other than just Bible school he will lay the foundation in Bible school but he wants to continue to build on that foundation and he wants to show you more things in his word so we have to be leaders of the word and leaders of prayer we have to have a balance of both I heard uh, a, a woman say one time Lynette Hagen as a matter of fact she said and I thought this was really good she said what's more important to a bird the left wing or the right wing and so it is what's more important prayer or the study of the Word of God we have to have both as leaders to maintain our balance some people it's easier for them to study other people it's easier for them to pray for me it was easier for me to pray and then I learned to love to study I learned to 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 uh, get into the Bible and study so just begin where you are and develop that habitual time with God in prayer and in study Leonard Ravenhill once said Leonard Ravenhill was a mighty man of God if you've never heard of him or seen any of his writings he talks a lot about why revival tarries and and he was just a fire fireball for Jesus but he said in one of his books that I was reading he said leaders must be men of prayer to be men of steel 
for they will be assaulted by Satan even before they attempt to assault his kingdom. Let me tell you something. You've got the call of God on your life. I can guarantee you the enemy's not happy about it. And I can also guarantee you that if you had a hard childhood or you were supposed to be aborted as a child or you were supposed to die as a child, that's an even greater, uh, that's an even greater clue to me that you're marked by God. Because the enemy somehow sees things. I don't know how he sees it, but he saw that you were called. He saw that you were chosen. And so he tries to get in and tries to get you, uh, destroy you. Because he wants to destroy the call of God on life before you ever even start. And so therefore he tries to, to get in to try to abort the plan of God for your life. So I just want to encourage you, if you're calling to the ministry, you got to be men and women of prayer because the enemy's not going to take this sitting down. And I can tell you flat out, even for this project, going into this project, and we'll talk about seasons as we move on in this teaching later on. But, you know, as we moved into this project, I, I encountered more warfare for this project than I've encountered in 33 years of ministry. And I said to God one day, I said, that must be a clue. And the Holy Ghost, and you know, because you live and learn as a minister, the clue was, yep, because there's something about this project that's going to reach the world. There's something about this project that's going to put you into the next phase that I have for you. See, I believe I was born to teach the world how to pray. Do you think the devil's just going to let me just fulfill that destiny sitting down? You know, he said, oh, we'll just let her teach the world how to pray. No, he's going to try to sift you, us or me or anybody who's called of God as wheat. He's going to try to get us off, bring discouragement. I wasn't discouraged. I just had a lot of, I don't even know how to describe it. Warfare. Just, you know, just warfare. And let me just tell you a little secret about warfare. And this is what I told another minister friend of mine. Sometimes, you know, you just got to wise up. The Bible says, be as wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove. You know, the play, the devil will always attack you where your gift is. Are you hearing me? So I'm getting all this warfare in this season and I realize God must really be in this. I would never be getting warfare like this if God wasn't in it. So don't take the warfare, the mental, whatever it is he's saying to you in your head, like you're on the wrong path. Instead, do what the Bible says. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober, be vigilant, realize you have an enemy, and realize that's just him trying to get me off, 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 the, off my path. See, the enemy's not going to just let you fulfill the call of God in your life. La-di-da, I'm called of God and I have a ministry. Well, you better sober up, straighten up, and realize that you have an enemy that doesn't want you to fulfill your destiny. That's why you've got to be men and women of prayer. When you're a man or a woman of prayer, it will strengthen you. It will cause you to be bigger on the inside. Are you listening? So, you know, I also, this is another story before we continue in the teaching. There was a season in my, my, my ministry where I felt like the Lord was telling me by just a little clue. It's not like God speaks in these big voices, but a clue, just a little knowing, just a little feeling. I just felt like one day when I was praying, I, I just felt like the Lord was saying to me, do you remember that manuscript that you wrote 25 years ago on intercession? And I thought about it and I thought, well, where is it? And then I thought about it. Well, it's in the attic. 
And the Holy Spirit just prompted me. And he said, not that he said, the prompting said, go into the attic and get out that manuscript. I got out that manuscript and I saw the writings, some writings of some things that I, I felt like I was, you know, wanted to write a book. And so as I could, started to write that book, there would be times I'd go into the Christian bookstore and I would walk into the Christian bookstore because my book was going to be a Christian book. It was going to be on prayer, Mark for intercession. I'd walk into the Christian bookstore. I'd walk in just minding my own business. And I'd look around and I would be bombarded in my mind with thoughts, not thoughts of peace, but thoughts of like envy and thoughts of like, who do you think you are writing a book? Look around. There's so many books on prayer. Nobody needs another book on prayer. Why would you write a book on prayer? And I literally would walk through that bookstore and I would literally walk around and my mind, because the warfare is in the mind, was my mind was so bombarded with these thoughts of nobody's going to read your book. I didn't want to write the book anyway, to tell you the truth. I just felt an unction and a call to do it. And I'd walk out of that bookstore and I'd walk out really upset. And that happened about two or three times until one day I was thinking about it. The devil always attacks you where your gift is. Hmm. I must be called to write a book. I guess what I did. I got into my prayer room. I got, I figured out how to use a computer because if you're called into the ministry, you're not going to know how to use all the, everything around you. You've got to learn. I figured out how to use a computer. And I wrote that book and we have used that book. That book is right now being used in two Bible colleges, one that reaches the nations and one that reaches a Bible college here in the United States. Now you see how the enemy works. So just because you may have a thought, don't dismiss it and think that it's God. That's why you've got to know God for yourself. You've got to learn his voice. And the way you learn his voice is by spending time with him in the word and by spending time with him in prayer. He said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of another they will not follow. I'm going to read you a, a quote here and then we're going to close. Samuel Chadwick once said, prayer is the acid test of devotion. Prayer is the acid test of devotion. Not all the works, not all the doings, but prayer is the acid test of devotion. So when the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, they could see that Jesus was a leader and a man who was a mighty prayer warrior for the kingdom. And that's what I want you to be. I want you to be a man and a woman of prayer. I don't want you to neglect your prayer time. We didn't get into my teaching because the Holy Spirit had other ideas for you today. But I want you to hear the heart of God. He is calling you to prayer. He's calling you into ministry, but he first of all is calling you into prayer. You want to find out the secret to success in ministry? It's prayer. I'm going to read you another really, a really good quote before we close that I found today. Another one by Leonard Ravenhill. Of course, he was a revivalist. He would have said something like this. He said, ministers 
who do not spend two hours a day in prayer are not worth a dime a dozen. Degrees or no degrees. So I want to encourage you. We're going to teach more about leadership and prayer. I have a lot to say. But I want to encourage you to be a man and a woman of prayer. Make a decision today that you're going to be that man and that woman. So where do you begin? This is what I would encourage you to do right now. I would encourage you to stop what you're doing. And I would encourage you to shut yourself into a room and go ahead and seek the face of God. Go ahead and spend time with him and see what he says to you and see whether or not the things that I've spoken to you are for you. See whether or not you may have a five-fold ministry gift call on your life. And if you start to sense something rising up, just say, Lord, not my will, your will be done. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.